Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 316 on Tuesday, the 24th of March, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be wondering if a god can avoid jail. We discuss a campaign that is clearly signposted, and we look at some shiny helmets. But first, (laughs) we go to some follow-up. And we were talking about Anthony Lewandowski a couple of weeks ago over a civil case where he now owes Google $179 million because uh, he violated the employment contract. Well, this is actually about the federal case that was brought against him. And he has now chosen, after saying for ages that he didn't steal anything from anyone, to then filing papers that said, yes, I did steal stuff. But he's admitting to one count of theft and attempted theft of trade secrets. Now, the the word on the legal street is that he'll probably get something between 24 to 30 months in prison through this plea bargain or plea mm-hmm. arrangement. However, that's not definite yet, but that's the likelihood. So he's he's going to go to prison for that um, for a couple of years or so, by the looks of it. So mm-hmm. the, hopefully drawing towards or to an end this uh, really very messy, silly business. Just weird business, yeah. If you want to read the whole plea bargain, then it is, uh, it is at Jalopnik. Uh, for the linky in in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But new news now. Yep. Morrisons have announced that they're going to cut a record-breaking 12 pence per litre from their petrol prices in response to global oil prices falling. Yes. Supposedly, diesel is going to fall by 8 pence a litre, and this should take supermarket forecourt prices down to 104p per litre and diesel at 111p a litre. I checked remotely my local petrol prices tonight and the petrol was still 114. Okay. £1.14 a litre. So I don't know how wide this is or even if it's been implemented yet. There is no date for implementation. I don't know if Morrison does the same as Tesco where it's the local store manager who makes the price decision. That's how Tesco do it. Possibly. It was 114, uh, as I say, right round here. I, I didn't go as far as Morrison's, but I, I doubt they were the they were the, they were the cheapest. I, no, I did. On the thing that I saw, the one that the one price that I could see allocated without having to create a, a login and stuff uh, was actually Asda, and they were 114p a litre round here. And, and this is an area that's cheap for fuel, mm. generally. Okay. That was announced yesterday, so I have no idea if it's actually been implemented or not. Yeah, yeah, it'll be coming soon, probably. But it may be on the way. Definitely global oil prices are falling, and hopefully people aren't using their cars very much at the minute. No, and don't forget, put your gloves on and when you go to the petrol pumps. Mm-hmm. Yes, I read that just after I'd been to the petrol station. <laughs> but you wash your hands regularly, so you'll be okay. Well, I hope so, yes. Right, continuing on this theme that will not dominate the entire show, don't worry. But uh, there is a question that keeps cropping up from the motoring corner of the country. And that is, people are wondering if they still need a car or motorcycle MOT during this crisis. Because if we remember recently in Northern Ireland, they introduced a, a very brief moment where they allowed, because they had to suspend all MOTs, they allowed them a sort of like 
uh, here's a form that says, yes, you should have had one, but you've got this exemption until we can open and do the test again type thing. And there are people are wondering whether this is the case. Now, MOT garages are not being shut at the minute. They're not on the list of businesses to be shut. They don't have to be shut. Some are shutting. They are not deemed to have to shut. However, individual owners may take a different tack on that, which is understandable Mm -hmm. in these strange times, uh, unprecedented times. As it stands, you do have to have an MOT. There is no exemption as it stands at the moment, but the Department for Transport is keeping an eye on this. And I think as this continues, and if MOT centres are able to remain open because there's enough staff and the owners and the operators are confident that they can manage the safety of staff and customers, then I think they'll try and keep it going as long as possible. Now, anecdotally, the challenge here is that some MOT testing garages are closing and others aren't, and that means that the ones that aren't closing are very, very, you know, they're pretty much packed to be honest yep. and it's actually scheduling and getting being able to get an mot um obviously if you don't need to use your car certainly not over the next three weeks at least then do park it up uh do park it up and maybe consider walking to your local shops and things and combining your shopping and your exercise yes outings some tests have been suspended though uh, MOTs and the monthly tests for lorries, buses, and uh, lorry trailers have been suspended for three months from the twenty-first of March. Okay, they'll be they'll be issued with three-month certificates of temporary exemption, as well as that things like SVA approvals and that kind of stuff. Those tests uh, aren't being carried out at the minute, so that's uh, you're just going to have to wait okay. on that. Okay. So some things have been suspended. Others will probably be suspended relatively soon. But as at 8.30pm on Tuesday, the 24th of March, then um, then that's the situation. Yep. Is this our last story on there? No, not quite. Toyota have put out a video this week of the 40 touch points in your car you need to pay particular attention to. Uh, it's just under three minutes long. Uh, it's worth a quick look. Just to double check, you're not missing anything, really. Yeah, it's really quite comprehensive and uh, and easy. It's a, it's an excellent information video, <laughs> actually. But yeah, there's just reminding you to do seat belts and buckles and all sorts of stuff. I had a press card delivered yesterday, which I only took because Andrew couldn't take it, and the chat wiped down all the ones, all the touch points around the the driver's seat mm. before handing it over to me. That was that was part of the. Part of the way they were doing it. Yeah, when I handed one back, the the chap did something similar. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but no, this is this is really good and, and it's well worth a watch. Uh, I'll need to do it and actually go out and just wipe down the bits of my own car, really, just for I don't know, peace of mind. Yep, good one. Thank you, folks. Yes, uh, Andrew. Right, uh, continuing on. I think we've only got a couple more of these to go, but the London congestion charge and the ULES have been suspended as of Monday the 23rd of March. So this will offer some relief to key workers uh, who don't want to use the reduced public service. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be using the reduced public transport. Yes. 
unintended consequences, uh, I think is what we're, we're seeing now. Somebody not asking what will happen if we do this, but there we go. However, you, they, people can drive their car or motorbike into and across London and through the general areas that where this uh, where the congestion charge normally is and the ULES was introduced, so people can stay in their own vehicle and avoid, for as long as possible, contact with other members of the public. So that's a bit of relief for those trying to get to work. A guidance has also been put out about parking restrictions and stuff like that, that they should take a maybe a more pragmatic approach than they normally would. But again, don't take this for granted, folks. This should only, you know, you shouldn't be going out. You shouldn't be taking advantage of this. You shouldn't be deciding to go for a drive through central London because you can. Mm. It's there to benefit uh, to benefit the, the, the folks who are keeping the world turning right at the minute. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm going to keep on going about that because I think that's really important. Yeah. At least for the next couple of We are not in normal uh, times. Nope. Okay, right. Moving on. I was going to say moving on from end of days, but that's not quite true because Geely in China have uh, rolled out a, a full contactless car delivery service. <laughs> uh, that's right. If you need your, your new Geely delivered to you, uh, you can accept it without actually ever having without having to actually touch the car. They, they will deliver it to wherever you wish it delivered to. They will decontaminate it, probably following the 40 touch points of Toyota earlier on. And they will deliver the keys to you by drone. So they will take the box containing the keys for your brand new Geely Icon and they will land the drone uh, with uh, and drop the box with the keys on the balcony of your apartment so you can then go and admire your vehicle in your own time. Mm. I wasn't sure whether that was cynical marketing or a, a desperate push to get sales going again to show, look, we have thought of this. Or... I think it's a sales going again, but it's also related to a more practical uh, but similar story, which is that Ford has introduced, introduced no-touch servicing. This was a service that, that a thing that they rolled out in Italy first, funnily enough, uh, and the idea is that the cars are thoroughly san- cars and vehicles are thoroughly sanitized before and after servicing. Why are you taking your cars to get serviced? Some may say, well, it's not so much for everybody if obviously if you're following the guidance you're not using your car so it shouldn't matter but really there are still some people who are doing deliveries getting key workers who do need their vehicles to get around and really it's it's meant there uh, obviously many garages and dealerships are closed right at the moment but you know uh, in some of the limited ones that remain open this is how they're doing it uh, in a they've got a specific way of doing it which which means that, that everything gets sanitized as you arrive and then also before you collect collect the car and that everything is videoed so you can so you can see what's been done and you can approve whether that's good or good enough or, or not this is available in Belgium, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Netherlands, Norway, Port- Poland, Portugal. I didn't realize this list was so long when I started. <laughs> Spain, Sweden, and the UK. Obviously, select only in selected places. And really, you should only be having your car serviced, your vehicle serviced, if you really need it. Yep. Are we done? Are we done? Is that that's our coronavirus news all finished? It is. Isn't it? 
Awesome. News that the UK government is, you know, we've talked about this before because... This is always a sore point with you. It is a very sore point with me. The UK government is now taking on board what the Transport Committee have been banging on about and decided is their latest campaign, which is to uh, have a UK-wide pavement parking ban. Now, how it's it's going to uh, happen is that the government is actually going to run a consultation because they wish to understand and be aware of what that would look like in different areas around the country. So I have a little bit of hope now that where there's this, this call, and I had many discussions on Twitter when the, the news about the transport Um, committee talking about this came out and I said I can understand that if somebody is blocking a pavement completely that is bad and that car that that person should be fined maybe the car towed away something like that to stop the problem that means that somebody will have to go into the road because that pedestrian should never have to go into the road Mm -hmm. but not all places as the RAC say in the bottom of this merchant research article not all streets are the same for example, round our grim northern town, there are many, many streets where the pavement is wide enough to partially park on it, if you are considerate, and still allow two buggies or groups of people, not that we can do that anymore, can't get that close, but yeah. groups of people to walk past without having to go into the pavement, uh, into the road even, into the pavement, into the road, <laughs> if I can get my pavements and roads the sure, right sure way around <laughs> Yeah, no, the cars go on the pavement and the people go in the road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that's what it's been around here lately. Uh, <laughs> but if cars have to park purely in the road round here, it would mean that uh, either one side or both sides of roads, residential roads, would have to be double yellowed so people couldn't park anywhere near their houses, which I don't think is what everybody's after. No. I think there's a there's a middle ground yes. to be found here, and hopefully the consultation, uh, when it comes out, will will allow everyone to say it's fine in principle, it can understand, but the situation here is whatever it is, and explain what it would mean. Mm-hmm. I like the one that they say that they are going to consider uh, an offence of obstructive pavement parking or unnecessary obstruction. Yeah, I like that one. As opposed to just parking on the pavement. Yeah. I, I, pavement parking is one thing. Obstructive pavement parking is something is something yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Unnecessary obstruction is a good one for people who end up with people parked over their driveways and stuff mm. as well. Uh, and could also... I could see that being a preferred choice because that can also be done for people who are... You know what it's like on the way into mine? Yeah. You know where people park too close and it causes that chicane. You just think a fire engine's never going to be able to get through here because of these selfish sods. Yeah. Then that one there, I think unnecessary obstruction would be the one that I would go for because it's that little bit more flexible. Yeah. Ambulances are not far off the same width these days. Well, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I just always think fire engines. Yeah. But ho- but hopefully something is brought in that, that obviously removes the problem for people who who are being affected by idiots parking and blocking pavements, um, mm-hmm. but does not make it impossible for people to own a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is a new campaign on its way towards us, and it's called the Sort My Sign campaign. 
And the whole aim of this is to improve road signs, the visibility and maintenance of. The idea is that it's going to increase the usefulness and effectiveness of the signs on the motorways and major A roads managed by Highways England. You can go to the Transport Focus website and you can report any signs that need sorted. Uh, so the examples that are given here in this motor research article uh, and the link to the Transport Focus and the Sort My Sign reporting website is in there are things like uh, reporting vegetation, obscuring large signs on the A1 and also at the A34 junction with the M60. And a whole load of these problems have been sorted, have been reported and potentially sorted since the campaign started just over a month ago. Well, I bet... Um the the manufacturers and the suppliers who are producing these more driver assistance systems will want signs to be as clear as possible as we've discussed a few times when you see the speed recognition <clears throat> systems that, that when you go into when you're driving and you go well that, no that said 60 not 30 please don't put that on the sat nav <laughs> funnily enough i was at an event last week where that kind of thing was discussed and it was pointed out that certainly speed limit signs, there are very specific rules around them, how regular they are, how often they're in place, and whether they're obstructed or not. And that all has a knock-on effect as to whether or not the speed limit can be enforced. Mm. So he said, if you ever see any signs that are obscured, the chances are they're not going to be speed limit signs. Because as soon as the signs are obscured or there's branches growing out in front of them and any of that kind of thing that make them hard, that make them easy to miss, then they can't. It's very difficult for them to successfully, I don't want to say police the limit, but, you know, to 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 um, to be able to force people to adhere to it, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. It's one of those things which is important because it it takes away another source of uncertainty for a driver. Yep. Because everyone's safer. Absolutely. Drive at the speed limit, everyone. Yep. Absolutely. Right, so I'm going to move on to distracted driving. And this is research... Related. Research by by pure fluke. Uh, Research by IAM Road Smart. Did you say it was flawed research by IAM Road Smart? No, I just said... Oh, okay, we're getting to that bit. That's fine. Good. And this is the claim that using... Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in touch mode on the screen is more distracting than someone being at the drink drive limit. Right. So, just quickly. Now for the science. You you shouldn't be poking at the screens. Yes. All right. And staring at screens when you're driving. So what I, what I got from that though, just just before you go on, what I got from that little bit where they said the that using the touchscreen is. If people look away from the road, they can't yeah. drive very well. Now, exactly. get away. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. So what I dislike about this intensely is that it is called out Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Because anyone who drives many cars knows that those are infinitely superior to just about any built-in vehicle touchscreen navigation system. Absolutely. That's what bugs me, is that it goes Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Ooh, look how bad they are. Whereas it doesn't go, have you ever tried using the system in X car and tried to work out just how much worse that is? Yeah. So it really bugs me that it it 
that it insists on calling out. So it even says hands-free phone is up there. That's great, but they all vary. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call out Android Auto, you're going to call out Apple CarPlay, you've got to call out exactly everything else on, on the others. Yep. I, I am road smart. They try and do really... I find very often, whenever we come across stories about what they're doing, the idea behind the concept they're trying to get across is very good. Yes. But when it comes to actually doing it, there tends to be the dash for clicks. Yes. And that really pees me off, IAM Road Smart. Grown up. Sensationalizing the results or the the problem in order to yeah. get people's attention is yeah. not the way forward because then suddenly because you get you get to the point where you start looking at them and going, Oh, it's another one from them, I can't be bothered. Well, I almost did that with this story. I was on the cusp of do we really want to talk about it? Because I feel it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit clickbaity. Yeah. By I am Road Smart, not by Jalopnik. So the the story here here that you'll be linked to uh, in the show notes is, is Jalopnik and they, they cover it perfectly well. Um but what really bugs me is when I am Road Smart go and go for the ah look if it's fifty seven percent Apple CarPlay then that could be the worst and that's our headline yeah no I'm sorry it shouldn't they shouldn't be split out you should have bundled the two together just say it's just touchscreen because as you said as you said if if they There's if no they'd also shown yeah, how is it with the manufacturer's touchscreen just the manufacturer's bit. To get to the Apple CarPlay. Be significant. <laughs> well, not even that. Uh, yeah. Because you've got to do it. <laughs> First time, anyway. So, uh, they make some interesting points. Some of the way they are presenting the results are not in a manner we think yeah. is really quite right. But but it makes a good it makes a good point, which is don't for starters don't drink and drive. All the way mm-hmm. up to, and do not poke a screen not looking at the road. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, if you're driving, drive. Uh, guilt Minute. It's not really good. Well, it is going to be Guilt Minute for the next few weeks. Patrons have hopefully already received an email telling them that we don't intend on collecting for April, May, and June. Uh, we get there's so much uncertainty around right now, and... That supporting two blokes talking about cars really isn't that important. If you feel that you have cash burning a hole in your pocket, then please donate the amount that you would have given us to a relevant charity. If you're stuck for relevant charity to what's going on at the minute, uh, then we would recommend the Mission Motorsport COVID-19 Response Fund. Uh, Mission Motorsport is trying to put in place the framework they need and the tools they need to support their beneficiaries remotely and to enable the community and camaraderie that they foster so well in person to take place online. There's a link in our show notes that you can use to donate and to find out more about that. Yep. Done. Tell us about uh, the members meeting then at Goodwood. Well, obviously, members meeting isn't taking place this coming weekend. However, Ben Miles and his team have put together an equivalent amount of streaming. Uh, that will be available to the public. So 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. And it is to be all the best bits, all the favorite races and demonstrations uh, that there have ever been 
at members meetings so far. It's for the members, though, isn't it? I don't know. It doesn't say Well, that. it says in the penultimate paragraph, we'll be streaming from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. on Saturday and continuing through the same hours on Sunday, just as we would have done for a normal members meeting. So I'm not sure whether this is actually going to be opened up to the rest of us because if the event had gone ahead, this would the the stream would only have been for members for the members meeting whereas the festival of speed and the revival is then opened up to members of the public to be able to watch it on their streaming channels for free ah i've missed that bit i mean it's not saying it isn't but it's not saying it is they're just saying this is the normal hours it's just that, that looks like it could be the hours so says so after the streams over the whole thing i'll join the extensive goodwood road racing club archive which is available to those uh Okay, I'm not 100% certain about that one now. That's a shame. I saw Ben's tweet about it earlier on saying, please watch because it's taken us quite a long time to put all of this together and we really think it's very good. So let's 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 double if check. If you can get access to this, it will be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, let's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you can. Even if it's after the event, then it's all going to be available to us. Then. Yep. Yep. Esports, Andrew. Yeah, just a, a quick one because I've noticed uh, over the weekend there was more high-profile races uh, involving real-world race drivers and oh, some not racing drivers in you know, one particular race, which wasn't very good. It was not very representative of <laughs> the e-racing genre. That was the not Dare I F ask which one, one was? I think, or something like that. The way that. No, it wasn't that one. It was there was another one where there was there was a boxer in there. There was an influencer, oh, right. and that sort of, And it wasn't. It just wasn't great. Oh, right. it, I watched. It was I watched like, the one from the race. That was the one. That yes, I was that that was good. Um, but uh, I realised that I I follow uh, quite a few channels and uh, games and people who stream this stuff. So I thought I'd put in the show notes. Uh, some various options. This is different racing games. It's different racing um, series. So you go anything from Formula One through to WEC to GT4s, down to Ginettas, all and everything in between. So it's and all the tracks you can imagine as well. And this is across ver- various platforms. So PC, Xbox, and uh, PS4 as well. So hopefully. I've covered something for everybody because <laughs> not everybody has all the uh, equipment you can get. So there's the main racing games themselves who hold channel uh, who hold uh, various series. There's channels that are specifically open up and hold different race series. I've got those. Then there's some specific people who do the streaming themselves uh, who create uh, instructional. Uh, videos as well on how to get better at racing in games and stuff like that so hopefully in the maybe more time you have on your hands and if having a go at some uh gaming is has been your interest has been piqued i've given you something to uh go down a rabbit hole of viewing pleasure so those those links will be in the the show notes but what i might do is i might pinch them out from there andrew and put them just as a blog post as well okay no problem Speaking of ways to fill time that you might end up in the house uh, over the next over the next little while, then uh, then that can be one of mine. <laughs> okay, infinitely easier for me than actually playing online. So uh, yes, 
take us to a, a, a lunchtime read, which there may need to be a warning about. There is, yes. Make sure you've got your dark glasses on. Uh, this one's from a couple of weeks ago, and it's Matty Pryor in Autocar talking about Mansuri's tune-ups, uh, which are so bad they're good, according to, to Matt. Uh, you can have a little read about why he says that. It's not a very long one, uh, and it's on the Autocar website. Somewhere I have a copy of the Mansuri magazine. I'll need to dig it out. It's quite appalling. It's it's full of the kind of terrible people you'd expect Mansuri to to include in the, their own brand internal magazine, uh, and quite the most appalling taste in clothes and shoes and everything. As as anyone who's seen their stand at Geneva can uh, uh, will understand. Yes, G- give it a read because uh, first of all, it's Matt Pryor, uh, and. Uh, he's always worth paying attention to and secondly it's talking about the appallingness of mansory and that's always worth a giggle if nothing else (laughs) yes something like that but andrew you want to tell us about shiny helmets i do want to talk about shiny helmets and many of them and this is (laughs) an article that is running through a a selection of um, formula one crash helmets that were auctioned off in paris uh, earlier this year and they are it is a mix of originals that were used and replica helmets so and this is talking about people from Stuart all the way through to Hamilton and the likes of that so there are some there are many that you will recognize very much so recognize and it's I was actually fascinated with how much the helmet has changed over that time drop the shape yeah. of the helmet yeah, yeah, and, and the and, and the fact the fact that people used to keep a, essentially the same helmet design for their entire career. Yeah, whereas nowadays people like Sebastian Vettel will keep it for ten minutes. Yes, <laughs> it's it's a marketing opportunity, isn't it? So. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there are some some cracking stunners in there. The, yeah, they they really really are. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, good one. That well spotted, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right, we're nearly f- and finaling, I think. Well, we are, and finally, and there's two little bits that I wanted to... Yeah, the and finally two things. Well, the first of all is that the wonderful quadrotor Mercedes-Benz C111-2 prototype is 50 years old. What still, to me, looks like a vision of the future is 50 years old. It does old, look very I-80, quite... doesn't it? I-80? Yeah, I've got... Oh, oh, like an I-8, as opposed to I-80. Yes. Yeah. I, a little I bit. It's got those buttresses at the yeah. back. It's got lots of yeah. It was so far ahead of its time. It had a quad rotor Wankel engine. Mm-hmm. It had put out 350 horsepower. It just looked wonderful. It's pop up headlamps and buttresses at the rear and gullwing doors and all the things that the future should really have held for supercars in my mind. And it it it's. Uh, it's quite unique, I think, because it seems to be caught between curves and very much the 70s straight straight lines. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was a Bruce Sacco who was involved in the design, who, of course, what came next after this generation of concept cars was we started to then get into things like the um, Mercedes 190E and the W124E classes. And it's that same combination not that much surface detailing but where there's an edge it's quite sharp mm. type look but just in in supercar format i've actually seen it in real life i've seen it at the old uh, mercedes museum 
uh, and it's really quite wonderful. The other thing I wanted to point out is that Max Finkel isn't covering all of the weekend stuff on Jalopnik at the minute. Mm -hmm. I always quite enjoy Max's stuff because he's either in... Well, sometimes he's in Israel, sometimes he's in New York, and sometimes he's in he's in sort of mainland Europe. And so there's a really cool mix of stuff that's inspired him. Instead, Antti Kautonen is is filling in, and he's got a fantastic collection of cars himself. Yep. Uh, and he's based in Sweden? Yes. Yes. I can, he's quite far up Sweden, so I'm never sure if it was quite Sweden or Finland. So, which which I should know. I know he's not a million miles away from 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 folks who are in, who are in Finland. Oh no, he's based in Finland. I was right. Oh, sorry. Told my see? apologies. I should yes. ignore me. I had a moment of yes, a moment of wonder there. So yeah, he's based in Finland, and he's got Fiat Pandas and all sorts of stuff, and went on great long long journey so so have a read keep an eye on jalopnik at the weekends because jalopnik during the week is always good and enjoyable as far as i'm concerned but jalopnik at the weekends has been particularly good over the last few uh last couple of months i think yep amonavi right uh that pretty much does us for this week uh we've got a, a couple of parish notes last week's well, the special edition intended for last week should be out this week. Yes. Cool. I can't think there's going to be more upheaval than we had there last week. There can't be any more upheaval <laughs> in your house than there was, I'm sure, last Friday, okay? <laughs> and also, uh, you probably know this, podcasts are quite a good way of keeping yourself company when you're on your own, or even just isolating yourself from the physical people round about you if you've got some decent headphones. It might be a good time to go back. If you haven't listened to any of the Rearview, now Rearview's kind of on hold at the minute, it's not kind of, it is on hold at the minute. and But there's still 60 episodes, something like that, 50-odd? 62, 63, I think. Yeah, like 62, 63 episodes of Review. Starts with the chief designer at Plasan, the composite vehicle specialists in episode one, and you can just listen right the way through. There are some absolute crackers in there, some of which were recorded long, long into the night. When there was an awful lot of chat, yes, um, but no, there, there's some cracking stuff in there. So do uh, don't forget about that. Don't also don't forget all our special editions, so road test events, that kind of stuff, are available uh, as well. It's it's not as if Apple um, Apple Podcasts used to only bring through the last hundred episodes. It doesn't now. It goes right the way back. So all of our 316 episodes are available there. But if you go to our website, up in the menu bar at the top, if you click Special Editions, it'll give you a filtered list of just the Special Editions. Yep. Uh, now, it's something I added in a couple of weeks ago. So that's some extra stuff that you might want to might wanna listen to um, if you, as I say, do have, do have time to fill uh, and you're sitting at home. Mm -hmm. That really is it for us for this week. But don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about supporting Mission Motorsport and their COVID-19 uh, relief fund. But to support us, you can leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can do that on Twitter, where I'm at A-J-P-Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. 
Uh, we'll be back soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe staying at home. <laughs>